0: But la
1: la la the world, to the Michael la Variety the on every podcast provider, on and la la around. la la the And through the planet, the Michael Dupree Variety Hour is an art showcase and comedy show where we feature interesting people, guests that are of fascinating nature, bands, artists, poets, anything and everything in between. And today is no exception. We have Mike Galbraith on the show. He is, uh, how would you describe it, like folk, country, like uh, Americana general kind of uh, yeah we're yeah, on yeah, there yeah, like for that, sure. that kind of vibe it
2: seems yeah it seems like these days Americana is the word but
1: Americana's mm, the, yeah that's the kind 15 of 15
2: years ago it was alt country and before yeah. that it was roots so, roots uh, and
1: uh, before that it was just folk yeah. country <laughs> it was just or that a, it was just a crazy guy playing the guitar
2: there's always a name for it but mm-hmm.
1: yeah sure. Mike Galbraith how are you doing today
2: I'm alright, how are you?
1: I am well. I'm, uh, I g- finally got eight hours of sleep, hey. which is something that hasn't happened to me in a long time. <laughs> yeah, why is it? Uh, just always out late and waking up early. Okay. <laughs> That's just the way it goes for me. Yeah. <laughs> Today's Labor Day, though, the day that this episode's going on. Not the day we're recording it. Yeah, Yeah, freak You're like, shit. No, yeah, (laughs) no, today, and don't mind that. You can, you can. You totally just swore, and it says $10 per profanity. I, I make my own rules here. Mm hmm. Um, so,
2: yeah, today's Labor Day. Are you, are you, you have any Labor Day plans? Um, I'll probably be out of town somewhere. I don't know. I'll try and yeah. try and get out of here. Yeah. Just get out.
1: Yeah. Labor Day's crazy in the Any, D. Anywhere I can go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Labor Day is Labor an interesting holiday. I, last uh, last Labor Day, I got fired from you, my job.
2: <laughs> for what? What did you do? I didn't, well, I... just done some.
1: It was, you know, they were just, like, downsizing, and they decided yeah. to, to fire me on, on Labor Day, which is always
2: cool. <laughs> yeah, it's a drag, huh?
1: Yeah, it's it's a interesting. It's an interesting feeling working on Labor Day and then getting cut off the job that day. But you know mm. what? That's America. <laughs> mm-hmm. So Mike, uh, tell me tell me a little bit about yourself. Where did you grow up? Where does uh, Where does the story of Mike Galbraith
2: begin? Sure, I uh, well, am I saying that right? By the way, Mike Galbraith. Yeah, you got it. Man. Awesome. That's yeah. a that's a rarity to get a first I think try. I,
1: I think when uh, I was talking when Anthony Redko was ex- was talking to you to me about you, he I had to like had to have like a speech lesson about it. <laughs> so. Yeah, but yeah, Mike Galbraith.
2: Yeah, that's that's how they say it. Uh, back in the old country, is it it? Mm. So, uh, oh, the old
1: country. What's so, the old
2: country? Uh, so it's a Scottish name.
1: Oh. So, um, Interesting. Yeah.
2: yeah.
1: Mm. <laughs> Sorry. Right, so we're yeah. you're I, not I from didn't, Scotland. I didn't grow up in Scotland. You're not no. from Scotland.
2: I grew up in uh, somewhere nearly as exotic, Westland, Michigan.
1: Ooh, you know? yeah. They got the rolling hills yeah. and <laughs> town, and, uh, and
2: haggis there. Yeah, a town named after the shopping mall there.
1: Mm. Wait, the town is actually named after the mall. Yeah, so what? The, the mall
2: came first. <laughs> really? Unbelievably, yeah. Well, but that kind of that kind of defines Westland for you. Did it yeah. not? Did
1: the town not have a name before the mall? It didn't. Safe? No,
2: it was uh, like a series of townships, and then um, they started making all those like land malls. You know, like mm-hmm. Northland, Southland, Eastland, Westland, and uh, Westland. Westland Mall became such like an economic powerhouse for the region that. Uh, the uh, neighboring city of Lon- Livonia tried to annex that part of uh, oh, wow. their neighbor. <laughs> and then the, uh, the good people of Westland uh, banded together and rose up and formed a city around their beloved mall to uh, fight off the people of Livonia from taking the land from them.
1: That's basically so, the story of the French Revolution, isn't it? That's yeah, it's amazing. It's <laughs> yeah. the same yeah. thing. It's, Very the same it's poetic. I should write I mean, a song about it. Th- I mean, the whole st- uh, country of France was named after the France Mall. <laughs> in, the, in the Louvre, I think, right? Killer food court, yeah. Yeah, yeah, great yeah. Sbarro's there. Yeah. You've never seen a Sbarro's like that. And they, they always have, like, the people giving out, like, free Japanese food. It's right. really nice. Right. It's a really nice mall in France. <laughs> so are you a fan of the Westland Mall?
2: Uh, I My first, well, I had a series of uh, paper routes as a kid, but my first job, other than that, my first real job, I guess, was uh I worked at the Olga's Kitchen there. In
1: the oh, yeah. I, I'm an Olga's Kitchen alumni too. Are you really? Yeah.
2: <laughs> oh, no shit. I uh
1: worked at the cater. I was in the uh, caterer there yeah, okay. for like two months in the downtown Detroit one.
2: Nice. Terrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible stuff. Yeah, I never want to smell that food again. No. That's for sure.
1: And it's always like you have this idea of what Olga's Kitchen's food should be, mm-hmm. and it's it should be great, mm-hmm. you know, like it should be fantastic. But then you get it, and it's like never. It's always terrible. Yeah. <laughs> so, so your first job was at Olga's Kitchen. How how long were you working there for?
2: Uh, I don't know. Maybe about six months or something. Yeah. Senior year of high school. I was mm-hmm. a host.
1: And then, so. uh, then you then you got out of there and never returned to Westland Mall.
2: Um uh, no you know maybe some Christmas shopping or something <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh Do you never prefer Westland
1: Mall again. or, or, or uh, Twelve Oaks Mall?
2: Uh oh I got a soft spot in my heart, a soft spot in my heart for uh, yeah. Westland Mall, old, for sure.
1: old old school mall.
2: Yeah they just lost their uh, their Macy's though I don't know if they're oh, going to no. be able to survive. Though. Is that
1: Macy's fault or is that um Westland's fault? I don't know
2: whose fault that is. It's, yeah. Come on man it's, uh, <laughs> you're it's from Westland. Millennials' fault I think. Is, yeah.
1: <laughs> so what was it like growing up in Westland, a town named for a mall?
2: Yeah sure. Uh you know, pretty standard. Uh, just kind of riding bikes around town, hopping fences, going down ditches. Yeah, going mm-hmm. to the bowling alley.
1: It's a good you bowling know. alley over in Westland. Which yeah. one was that called? The um, There's so many different bowling alley names. There's thought,
2: a ton of bowling alleys. There.
1: <sighs> there's one in particular I'm thinking of now.
2: Hmm. Hmm. I there's can't uh, think uh, There's Oak Lanes. On, uh, I think that's on the,
1: the one. Belt. I think that's the one. It's got like the same setup group. as like Mary Bowl. Okay. Or something like that. Yeah, Whatever. Mary Bowl. uh, <laughs> Good bowling alleys. Where'd you oh, grow up? I grew up in Redford. Oh, okay. So mm-hmm. right near, you know, what yeah. I'm, talk yeah, about pretty right. I'm pretty close. Pretty uh, close. I but, like the Wayne County kids. Yeah. Favorite. All
2: right, cool. So <laughs> we got some common ground.
1: Yeah. So uh, so not a lot, everyone knows where Redford is. That's, that's nice. Even people that grew up around here, they're always like, I don't know. You've never even heard of Redford. I'm mm. <laughs> like, well, that's pretty much all you need to know about it. <laughs> not a lot of people know about it. Uh, So uh, when did you start making music?
2: Oh, man. Um, Well, you know, a couple years of piano lessons when I was a kid, uh, a couple years of drums in middle school for the middle school band. Um, But each each of those only lasted a couple years.
1: Was that something that, like, you felt like you 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 had a passion for it, or it was just something to do, to do in those earlier. No, years? you know the
2: piano lessons. My dad was taking piano lessons, and he didn't have enough time, and his, with work and family mm-hmm. and stuff, to like continue them. I remember being a kid and like being mad at him because I liked having him around the house playing piano. Mm-hmm. And so he told me, he's like, "Well, if you like it so much, why don't you do it?" And then <laughs> I did, but I only lasted a couple years. I had you know hard time sitting there with the as a kid, like, yeah, on a summer day like. Mm-hmm. sitting next to the old lady and pounding away at the keys. So, um, Yeah, didn't, didn't but I mean, like I, yeah, I always grew up around music. My dad mm-hmm. is, is a musician and um, a songwriter himself. And, uh, and then I tried drums in middle school, but I didn't like the teacher there, so I quit. And then uh, <laughs> just kind of found guitar on my own and kind of taught myself. Around and, when? Uh, I was probably 14 or so. It was always around the house. And my dad never, like, pushed it on me or anything. I never took lessons, but um, it was just kind of, you know, I just gravitated towards it eventually. And then spent a lot of high school just kind of sitting in my room playing and, and learning. And
1: What was the, the first song that you ever learned? A lot of people, you know, like, they have, like, their, you know, like, uh, White Stripes, like, uh, what's that song now? Dun, 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 dun. Oh, sure, Seven yeah. Nation Army. Seven Nation. Yeah, why couldn't I think of a name? Yeah. Of yeah.
2: You know, I, I couldn't tell you the first song I learned. I oh, really? You know, I kind of taught myself, and I had a chord book, and I would just pick two chords at a time and kind of just Mess around practice, with like, going back and forth, like E and A or whatever. Interesting. And so eventually, you, I, you know, I think that's... I started writing melodies and stuff right away just to kind of, you know, compliment Oh,
1: everybody. so you weren't really uh, going for, like, cover music at all? Really? No,
2: you know, I know you know the beginning of you know thousands of different songs but to to uh i don't have any of them memorized yeah (laughs) i know like the opening riffs to a bunch of songs but songs i know all the way through you know five or six as far as cover songs go yeah
1: so uh when did you say when would you say like like right from when you started picking up guitars that when you started to kind of get serious about it
2: yeah i took to it pretty uh pretty seriously for sure it became pretty important to me pretty quickly yeah
1: and were you always inspired by uh like uh folk country music or uh um your, change, your taste changed sure years?
2: i mean it w- you know i grew up with like people like neil young and, and bruce springsteen on mm-hmm. in the house um all the time john mellencamp so like acoustic music but it wasn't like strictly country music you know those guys might take elements of that music mm-hmm. you know? and uh is probably what I do too I don't play like strictly country songs but
1: um how would you describe your musical style
2: you know it's uh oh man you know folk rock I guess you know because mm-hmm. it's a lot it's as much influenced by like you know um the Dylans and the Neil Youngs as it is you know Nirvana and the replacements and the Clash and stuff. just kind so. of like a
1: amalgamation all those things yeah sure mm. yeah. so uh what's this first song that you're gonna be playing called? oh man
2: I don't know, know. uh oh
1: I haven't even thought of it. Uh, let's see. Are you going to write a song right now for us?
2: <laughs> I was working on stuff this morning, but... Um, well, right. what
1: better place to work shopping?
2: Right. No, I'll play this song. Uh, this is called uh, She Doesn't Work Here Anymore, and it's kind of... Uh, I don't know. I guess it's, it's kind of about Westland's It's kind of... Uh, Olga's Kitchen? Well, could be anywhere, really. You know, just mm-hmm. imagine, like... Uh, you know, an Olga's kitchen or a Red Robin. And uh, it's kind of. Only of, those two options. Yeah. <laughs> well, Only like Applebee's, but at Red, Ruby yeah. Tuesday. Um, anywhere, really. But it's kind of the story of a kind of like an assistant manager at a restaurant who uh, falls in love with a waitress. And, right. Um, yeah, it's kind of everywhere. So Very nice. This so is here's. called uh, She Doesn't Work Here Anymore. <clears throat> Oop, wrong key here. Sorry, guys.
3: She hated working here Always knew one day she'd walk A lot of people hate it here A lot of people are nothing but talk Some of their lines in ink Others have theirs in chalk You no know, one time I got so drunk she drove me home when I couldn't even walk and when she started working here didn't think she last one who... Even tried to let her go I saw her face and couldn't speak Everybody loved her Every jack and every geek When she walked by I couldn't help but take a peek She slapped your friend Something that he whispered in her ear I bought around a round to calm things down Had her hokalugi in his beer After that we kicked him out Laughed about that damn near a year Now she's gone, we carry on It's always how things are worked around here So don't bother calling for Angie She don't work here no more of table sass head a rest Marching out the door Come on down I promise There's plenty of fine girls on the floor
1: Beautiful, very nice, Thank very nice see. stuff. So, looking uh, when I was doing uh, some research, I was on your website and I looked and saw that you got a compliment from Ray Montaigne. Yeah, how, about how that? did how did that happen?
2: Um, well, I was working in this uh, this recording studio in uh, yeah, kind of like Telegraph and M fifty nine, and uh, just the producer guy he. Uh, he helped build Ray LaMontagne's studio. Oh and, uh, wow! Kind of sent. We were working together on a song, and uh, he sent it over there to uh, kind of, um, you know, just hey, because his studio is pretty new. So he, I guess he was looking for feedback on on, on just the overall sound. Mm-hmm. But, um, uh, Ray was nice enough to say something nice to me too yeah, about the song itself. You know?
1: Great sound and great songwriting. Yeah. That song. that's very. Right. Is he is he a big
2: influence of yours? Um, you know, I, I, there's a, there's some records of his that I really like a lot, yeah. you know, um, for sure.
1: Who are some of your real big influences?
2: Um, well, I have a lot. It, it changes a lot, but certainly like there's the touchstones of, of, of people like, um, Bruce Springsteen and Neil mm-hmm. Young and, um, Bob Dylan and Tom Waits and, and, uh, Elvis Costello
1: I only recently started listening to Tom Waits like a hardcore and like man like it's like all like everything from the beginning to like most recent stuff it's just like it's so different and like but just some of the most like viscerally like fantastic songwriting (laughs) like it's a fun ride man once
2: you start going down that it took me a couple of like times like trying to get into it and i knew it was really good but it's I, like you I was just too want young to break that wall like i can't i don't get it and i would listen to it and i was like nah i just don't it's not but then like one day um
1: it just worked yeah it just happened how it was a little yachty hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like couldn't i didn't like him at first and then after the third time listening to album it, it worked yeah little yachty's basically the modern day uh, tom waits
2: okay <laughs> i'm not too fam- i don't know that name
1: he's a trap rapper Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, yeah. So, uh, yeah. also in your bio, you uh, you have the, the line "simple truths and insightful storytelling mark modern tales."
2: Mm-hmm. What do you mean by that? Um, well, I you know I, you know I, I think, uh, you know maybe that last song was a good example of just trying to tell like a little story and and um, you know have it have like multiple. You know, you could dig, dig deeper into it, and it has uh, maybe some multiple levels to it. But, you know, in, on its surface, it's just a, a story about, mm-hmm. you know, a really, like, a, about really like, you know, an assistant manager at a restaurant. Mm-hmm. I, you know,
1: Doesn't, so, like, now stories have to be these big, grand, like, Moby Dick battles? Yeah, I'm
2: just not, you know, I think when I was younger, um, I was, like, trying to be, like, maybe more poetic mm-hmm. and, like, more, like, concerned about imagery and maybe some more ab- abstractions and stuff and and now i'm just trying to
1: like trying to guess have people guess what the song's about and it's yeah
2: like, and i'm not as uh turned on to that as i used to be yeah. so more you know straight up storytelling stuff
1: mm-hmm. so uh what are some like important topics like that you like to tell stories about like uh anything in particular like Slice of life kind of thing, like yeah,
2: yeah, um, definitely slice of life stuff. You know, um, there's always got to be like some sort of struggle there, mm-hmm. um, otherwise it's boring. You yeah, know? so there's got to be some sort of tension, emotional conflict. Yeah, so otherwise, you know, I, I don't know what you're listening. What,
1: to, what, uh, how do you, what, in, like, what inspires you to sit down and write? Like, do you is it a situation where you just you're like I'm gonna go write a song, and then you sit down and you just kind of channel it, or it's like something specifically have to like inspire you before you and sure. down, sit down and do it
2: well, you can do I mean I sit down all the time and think like oh, I'm gonna work on songs and stuff, but that's it's more when you're coming at it sideways and you're not going at it with the intent of writing a song and it kind of just Happens. starts happening mm-hmm. and then you start following it you know, but if when I sit down and it's like well, I'm gonna write a song today, they're usually pretty bad
1: they're sure. usually pretty bad you said yeah. <laughs> yeah why why do you think that is?
2: I think, I don't know if you can force stuff like that, you know. I mean, I think it's definitely something you have to work on and work at and, like, you know, edit and revise and, like, you know, be serious about it. Mm -hmm. But it's not necessarily something where you can just sit down and, like, decide that you're going to write a good song today. You can decide to write a song, you know, but um, for it to be good, I don't know. It's it's possible, but it's a lot more difficult.
1: So uh, you're – your first album and most recent one Finster is that was that your first album? no I have a series
2: um, of, of different albums before that but that's kind of like I don't know I don't know how to describe it maybe it's the first album where people start paying attention
1: oh okay <laughs> well, you had a lot you had like uh, well it's, a, it's the first one on your band cam correct?
2: <clears throat> no if you really no? start digging deep in there you can find oh <laughs> I didn't even see that <clears throat> find stuff from my college rock band days, and, oh, and wow. all sorts of stuff. So, um, oh. <clears throat> But you would really have to start digging oh, okay. deep in there. I, <laughs> I just put everything up, uh, embarrassing or not. Well, there's, still, there's some good stuff there. But
1: so uh, what, why do you think it is that people started noticing stuff with that record?
2: Um, I don't know. I think it, I just got better at it. Um, just the songs are better, you know. I think yeah. leading up to that, I was still um, kind of – Pushing and pulling and tugging at myself, mm-hmm. and I, um, just trying to get better, and, and, and uh, trying a lot of different things, and just really stretching out. Cause I wasn't, you know, I'm not like a trained musician, and, and uh, certainly, if you like went back all the way and listened to like me singing when I was 18 versus now, and I mean, it's it's a, it's a really like. Uh, It zigzags all over the place, like, and it's just, like, me just, like, really, like, pushing at myself to try and find how to do it, you Mm -hmm. know, because I wasn't, like, a naturally gifted singer growing up or something. It's something I'm still working on, so. Right. Yeah. So, uh, and when was Finster released? Um, well, I, I ended up releasing it the beginning of last year, I guess. Okay. Um yeah and uh
1: so what what inspired that 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 album like what what are some major themes that you feel are uh, prevalent in it
2: sure well it was you know it was it was a it was just a collection of songs where they just they happen to be just the songs i was playing out a lot at the time and kind of workshopping Mm -hmm. and open mics and things and um shows and they were just kinda it was that was kinda becoming my set. And um I I didn't have a plan to record those songs the way they were. I didn't really have a plan at all and then um I became good friends with a guy named Don Dupree who has a band hey. called Dupe the Inside <laughs> Outlaws. And I, I, gotta and meet I saw, that their, guy. saw their saw their C D in the Oh nice shelf. That I cool. that. And he's really tight with Jim Diamond, mm-hmm. who used to have a recording studio downtown for like 20 years and he recorded you know the first White Stripes records yeah. and uh, all sorts of you know we just diff- mentioned
1: him on the last show too with String Opponents so yeah
2: he's there you go mm-hmm. so he's you know kind of not even a local legend he's just like a legend a legend yeah right, you know yeah, and uh, really accomplished guy
1: he's living over in the UK now
2: right I think France now Fran- oh, oh that's what it was France. yeah I think yeah. France yeah and uh, he um, you know Don's really good friends with him and I was just kind of like starting to come around and like getting to know people, different songwriters in town and things. And uh, Don t- took a liking to me and kind of just sent me over there. And he's like, yeah, just go over there and record, like, one of your new songs. Just, mm-hmm. I think he was, I mean, he was definitely helping me out, but I think he was just trying to, like, encourage me and give me a push, you know? Yeah. And so I went over there with just, like, I had that new song, uh, the one I just played at the time it was new, and I, w- I was really digging it. And I was like, well, I'm just going to play that song. And then Jim was like, well, play another one. So I did. And then he's like, all right, play another one. So I did. <laughs> and he did that for 10 songs. And he's like, all right, we're done. Wow. <laughs> and I was not prepared. Not that I was unprepared, because I was playing out all the time and stuff, yeah. you know. Um, so I was, You weren't in the mindset that, like, oh, I, I'm recording my album now. I didn't go into it with intent to record an album, you mm-hmm. know. But I ended up really liking how that how it turned out that way you know i don't like to
1: because um, it felt more like live and real yeah than i like mean
2: everything that whole record the amount of time it takes to listen to that record is the amount of time it took to record it you wow. know they're all first takes they're all um it's the order i played them it's just you know it's um so i like i like the idea of a record as like as a document mm-hmm. and not so much as like a concept you know I, I, um so yeah
1: well your newest song uh um California oh man yep. i forgot the second size name. of California size of California sorry it's yeah. like left my head mm-hmm. uh it it's, it has like some uh additional elements to it too like uh yeah it's uh, way different yeah like orchestrated mm-hmm. almost uh, so how, why do you feel so do you feel like that's a direction that you're going to go with with your next projects or and why uh that's interesting that you say like you prefer them as more of a document as more of a concept because i feel like that takes a, took a lot of that was, a, that was a very, it seemed like a very specific direction that you were going with it.
2: hmm Yeah, you know, that the Finster was, was a moment in time, and it was, uh, man, it was a strange time uh, coming off the tail end of it, like a strange time in my life, and uh, like, you know, I a breakup, and, and coming off the end of, like, a intense, like, stalker situation, and, and like, moving around a lot, and I was, like, driving around the country, and like, Sleeping in my car and crashing on friends' couches and just playing in random bars and and it was like there was a good period there where it was really just like uh, volatile. Yeah, and and it wasn't all bad. Like it was some of the best times of my life for sure, especially the trip and um, other aspects. But um, it was just like a crazy several-year period, and those were the songs that came out of that period, you mm-hmm. know. And I liked. Ultimate, like some of those songs, I think, and I might re-record even some of those songs as full band songs because they were written with that intent. Yeah. But um, at the time, it just felt right to like release it, how it was. It's such like a vibey record. It's you know, it's it was it's not perfect. Like it's not perfectly played or executed, but it's got like a certain vibe throughout. How many of the
1: songs do you have the whole record recorded already?
2: Um, no. So the new one we're I think we're gonna start with an EP, so like five or six songs. Mm-hmm. And like two and a half songs are done right now, and kind of looking at studios to finish. Started at one, and um, may move on to another. I don't know what's going on with that, but um,
1: what? Uh, so,
2: but yeah, it'll be a full band record in, as opposed to like the uh, stripped down acoustic. Got
1: it. Um, Do you know when you might have it released?
2: Hopefully this fall, for Ooh, sure is the fall's idea. Fall's a good
1: time for Americana music.
2: Yeah, that's um, usually
1: when I start bringing out my Ava Brothers and all yeah, <laughs> <and go,
2: man. laughs> that. I'm uh, so this, that Size of California song, the beginning of this month I'd put it on Bandcamp and then September first it'll go on iTunes and Spotify and yeah. all that business. Um, yeah, I was, then, I've been
1: obsessed with that song this whole week, so I'm like, uh, I was of, like trying to listen to it on Spotify. I'm like, God, it's not there. Yeah, September
2: first, <laughs> and then um. Yeah, and then mid-September, I'm playing this, like, record label party at uh, Americana Fest, which is a big mm-hmm. deal. So that's super exciting. Where's that at? It's in Nashville, and it's like oh. this, it's kind of like the South by Southwest for Americana music.
1: This so. week or this week that that shows being uh,
2: it, it'll released? It'll be, uh, <laughs> I believe it starts September 12th. Okay. I'm playing on the 14th.
1: Nice. So, um, yeah, yeah, so... What are so you so you said you you two you went kind of went around the country. Mm. Where where were some like major stops that you you you, you went?
2: I was all over, man. I uh, you know I, st- I left here. I started here, and um, I slowly made my way to Seattle. Mhm. Stopped a lot. I li-
1: I, you were just by yourself.
2: Yep. Yeah, I lived in Chicago for two years, before this, and so I stopped in Chicago and hung out there for a week and a half with my friends or something. And then just kind of slowly me- meandered my way out there, um, with, you know. And, and I had different points along the way um, to visit different friends and, and, driving and or? place play shows. Yeah, I had my little uh, yellow Focus hatchback, which I just sold, which I miss a lot. Oh, and,
1: uh, that's got to be sad. Yeah, it was like. sad.
2: <laughs> so uh, and uh, so I, you know, I would crash on couches. Everyone's want to sleep in the back of that tiny car, and uh, but always, you know, playing music wherever I could and mm-hmm. just kind of show up to towns. and not really set up a tour, but, like, just kind of show up. Like a and a of tour? Yeah. What were some of your favorite uh, places out. you played? Well, Seattle, for sure. So I, I ended up staying. I was supposed to stay a week in Seattle, and I ended up staying uh, two months. Oh, wow. So I really enjoyed that town a lot. And, uh, you know, a- everywhere between, like, Seattle and San Francisco, um, for the type of music that I play, it really, you know, vibed well you know, especially well,
1: how do you make ends meet? Like going on like an impromptu tour, like that long,
2: you just, um, just scrapping it together, man. Yeah. Yeah. Just making it work somehow. That just know.
1: seems like, it, like, odd jobs. it, it just sounds it. like, like, like a fan, fantastical adventure like that. Like it, it just like, it's a it wanderlust in me is like, wishes I could just do it. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I mean, definitely kind of, uh, Flirting with the edge of disaster. Yeah, for much of it, but uh, made it work, man. I I went up to Seattle, stayed there, and, and drove down, and like slowly drove down the coast, stopped at different points, and then stayed and ended up in Long Beach, California, for a month. And then uh, I went. To, I drove really quickly to New Orleans, stayed mm-hmm. there for a week, and I was going to real uh, quickly. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I had – so when I ran – I Just ran a
1: quick skip from California over New Orleans. One of, one, of the the
2: I, one of the points when I run out of money in Seattle, I answered an ad in Craigslist to work at the Bumbershoot Music Festival as mm-hmm. like a promotions guy for Toyota Prius or something. So I was like handing out keychains. Mm-hmm. You know? But it was a killer job. It was like five days, seven days long, and it paid cash. It paid really well for w- what we were doing. You know? Yeah. So that kind of put me back straight and they we got along they found out w- that I was traveling around that I wasn't from Seattle and they were touring with different tours and they're like, "You know, if we're ever in the same town, look us up, you know." So I ran out of money again in Long Beach and uh, <laughs> I was I was like, you know, like trying to figure out what to do and then uh, I looked them up their company online and they were going to be in New Orleans in 3 days. They're <laughs> like, "Well, <laughs> so I called them immediately and they're like, "Yeah, come on down." So I I drove to New Orleans and like Two days, which was really That's you know, insane. I was sleeping like three hours a night in my yeah. car and a truck stop just to get there on time. And I got there just on time. And uh, yeah, but wow. I drove so quickly through the Southwest and I really had wanted to explore that part of the country because I'd never been there before. So I went to Double Back and um, my car broke down in Houston. Oh so no. That was the end of that. <laughs> And that you was the last time that
1: a that car ever drove.
2: No, I ended up fixing it. Uh that car ended up lasting a lot longer. It was, nice. Know, yeah, yeah, How
1: long were you in Houston for? Houston for?
2: About a month and a half, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> Staying with my dad's cousin. It was uh, Oh, that works out then. <laughs> yeah, it was, you know, it wasn't ideal, but uh we made it work and uh got out of there. So yeah. that's good.
1: So, uh what's this uh next song that you're going to going to be playing for I'll, us?
2: I'll play uh California for you. Yeah, size, size of California. Of California. I
1: like it. And uh what's this song about other than obviously the size of California? Yeah, it's uh <laughs>
2: kind of about uh dating a uh dating a local actress with uh, bigger dreams of uh going to Hollywood. Yeah, so yeah. All right.
3: size of California, the size of California, the size of California, yeah, oh, no, you let me with the seasons, counting all the reasons that you had to go.
1: Thank you so much for being on the
2: show, Mike. Oh, uh, thank you, Mike.
1: It has been an absolute pleasure. It.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Where can people find more from you?
2: Uh, you know all the different internet things. So, all the internet things. Yeah, you know? MySpace. Mike uh, is mm-hmm. the actual website, and then everything from there. You know, MySpace. Bank I cam. bet you could find me on MySpace oh, if yeah. you looked still hard enough. Oh yeah, still got that going on. I'm sure I never took it down. There you go. Live journal. You can probably find me on Live Journal. Someone live awful, Journal. Uh, GeoCities. 19 year old uh, <laughs> rambling stud. There we don't go. Don't do that. Please don't do <laughs> that. Yeah, I just never bothered to take it down. A couple
1: I, years ago, I should. came across my old MySpace blog and I shut it down. Yeah, <laughs> I was I like, should do that. no good things have come from there. I had some <laughs> dumb opinions when I was 13. <laughs> Uh, So, yeah, Facebook, you got a Twitter.
2: Twitter, Instagram. Mm -hmm.
1: Twitter, Instagram. I have Snapped. I never use it, but I have Mike Snapped. It's not a super common name, so you shouldn't have trouble finding him. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Mike, for being on the show. Thanks for having me. You have a wonderful Labor Day and every other day of the year. (laughs) You too. I appreciate it. We will be back after this. Welcome back to the Michael Dupree Variety Hour, on every podcast provider in the world. Mm-hmm. I'm here with Mike Galbraith. Still, he decided to stick around. Having uh, have he wanted to meet our next guest. She is a customer service analyst. Her name is Alice Harris. How's it going, Alice?
4: Well, that's going good. How good, are you?
1: good to have you here. Um, Alice this is Mike nice to meet 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 you you. so Alice what does it mean to be a customer service analyst
4: well I usually provide advice Um, I know that most companies and corporations have in house staff that take care of their customer service representatives but they still seem to be missing a few elements and Mm. I usually fill in the cracks and provide them advice every time i have to interact with a customer service representative
1: so you go to like a hotel and you 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 have your service for the night and then how do you how do you tell them the your your analysis do you just tell it to whoever or do you
4: write it out Usually, they'll have um, some sort of guest card, like, thank you for your stay. Is there anything that we can do? Or is there anything that you felt was not quite right? Mm-hmm. I will fill out those cards and turn those in. And I'll also provide a long Facebook analysis on mm-hmm. their Facebook page.
1: Very nice. And uh, does that usually go over well? That,
4: for the most part, sometimes mm. they kind of disagree with, according to their policies. But for most part... A lot of people are very appreciative of, very of receiving that.
1: So, uh, do you do you go to places specifically to experience their customer service, or is this just something that happens to you on a day to day basis? Like, um, is this your full time job?
4: Well, originally, I just kind of stumbled upon it. Um, I was at a Tail um, Hudson's once, and um, they what? Hudson's? Oh, Hudson's. Oh, well, now it's known as Macy's, yes. but back well, then it used to be Hudson's. And I went to go purchase a dress, and I just stood there for 45 minutes oh, while geez. the clerk was talking to another clerk about her her night with her boyfriend for
1: 45 minutes. For
4: 45. You're, you're minutes. sure you're not like
1: over exaggerating? Oh
4: no, no, I I counted and counted on my watch and. As soon as the transaction was finally taken care of and done, I went and wrote to J.L. Hudson himself. And
1: Isn't he dead?
4: Oh, well, he was dead. They they later informed me he was already deceased. Did but they put they, it on his grave? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they were very appreciative. That's very I, good. It was,
1: Is that why they changed their name to Macy's? You yeah. You think?
4: Par- partially. <laughs> it was... Cause I, That's really unfortunate. Yeah.
1: I think that you're doing a uh, a, a service to a, the world. Thank you. Thank you so much. These these customer service representatives, they feel like they can just treat us however they want. Yeah. And you are doing a an important service. So how did you get into doing this? The, like how like what what was your first job?
4: Well, my first job was at a Cinnabon. Cinnabon. Um, so
1: you. In fact have experience as a customer service representative
4: yes i do i i had customer service oh food handling Mm -hmm. that one is always a tricky one because Mm -hmm. people like their food a certain way and if you don't do it right shame on you you know
1: any slip up could cause someone to get
2: really sick really
4: sick or dead
2: did you ever kill anyone at olga's kitchen mike no, I, I spilled soup on the family one time. So oh, spilled soup oh on a family. family. Oh, man. What? Did you apologize? Byping broccoli cheddar or whatever. Oh, no. Oh.
1: Did they e- eat it?
2: No. On they the d- whole family? Well, two out of the three, I think. Oh, okay. okay. The, the, were they very mad at you? No, they were appreciative. Uh, they a, were appreciative. Not appreciative. <laughs> that's the wrong word. No, they were um, They were gracious about it. Oh. Okay, were, you know. Would
1: you have been – wait, they were gracious that you cleaned it off or gracious that you had spilled it on them? Like was this part of their order, of having it a, was, like special yeah, order? It was meant for them. Yeah. oh, No, yeah. no, was the spilling part as part oh, of their no, order? No, 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 that was my own. It uh, was,
2: <laughs> was my first day waiting tables, and I was just oh. terrified. So.
1: Oh, wow! And uh, so, yeah. dude, that's pretty sad. I
2: think this was my last day waiting tables. Too. Yeah.
1: <laughs> So, how would you've reacted if someone had spilled soup on you, Alice? Oh,
4: well, if it if it wasn't something that I was planning for for today, I, I'd be quite furious. Like what I'd, if you're I'd wearing be... like
1: your nicest dress? Uh, you were out on a date.
4: Yeah, quite Not... enraged. Although dates are really awkward for me because I, I tend to get very analytical. Mm-hmm. And um, of the date. Uh, of the date, <laughs> the, the service of the date, you know, or did they check all of their boxes? Like what boxes? Like, uh, oh, door tests, you know, something as basic did as a door Did they open the door test. open for you? Right, right. Did
1: they pick up the check? Right. Did right. they suggest the right movie?
4: Right, right, right. Well, a
1: movie's not a, for a good first date. Well,
4: not, not really. If
1: You know if, some, if you're, like, going on a first date with someone and they say, let's go to a movie, that's already, like...
4: It's already downhill. It's already
1: done. Like, you don't go... Like, what are you supposed to do? You're sitting next to a stranger at a movie. Sit
4: in the dark. So. And chuckle together occasionally. Okay.
1: But, well, it depends on the kind of movie you're seeing. Well, you don't always chuckle. Yeah, yeah. Mm, dramas, no. No. So you're no. not just a customer service analyst, you're kind of just like a everyday life analyst.
4: Yeah, I'm I'm a life analyst. Um <laughs> I it's kind of off the record for that, but I'm, I have yet to wait for my check, you know. I'm I've helped out friends in situations and offered them analysis and I filled in for them mm-hmm. on dates and transactions and told them what was what.
1: So when you were working at Cinnabon, did you experience anyone like you like an analyst that uh critiqued to your performance?
4: Um there was one particular older woman. She had a thing for raisin lots of raisins she wanted extra raisins, raisins. raisins.
1: On cinna, on cinna, and cinnabon. and with
4: cinnamon cinnabon it, it's a certain ratio of raisins that you put in your batter you can't really exceed them that that cost money in the long run <laughs> and it's probably dangerous oh yeah yeah so. very dangerous it's especially if you mistake something else for a raisin. Mm-hmm. you know what i mean and um exactly. She was very furious. She spoke to my manager. She spoke to the owner of the franchise. Then she went over to franchise head and talked to corporate. And uh, Did it you was get fired? just one big headache. I, I got a, a gentle scolding. Um, but basically, th- it's against their
1: policy to put more raisins in in their batter.
4: Yeah, it was the the ratio balance, and and they told me on the sly, well... Customer is not always right, and and in my heart, that's when I knew, like, oh, I, I strongly disagree. They're always right. They're <laughs> always
1: so. You even though you were the one who was being ridiculed, you still felt like you were in the wrong in that situation. Yes,
4: yes, definitely.
1: Wow. So there's no limit to what a customer can request.
4: No, not at all. Even you know something is is spilling soup on them. You know if they want it. You gotta give it. No, so if no the customer asks back.
1: you to, like, they, they want to spit on your face. Yes. They want to punch if, you in the if head. If they
4: want to punch you in the head or tickle your kneecaps, you know.
1: They have every right because they're the customer. They're the
4: customer. The customer is always, always right.
1: What about people who go to, a, like, a family restaurant and they just get waters and they don't leave a tip?
4: Oh, it, can the you customers customer, can
1: you customer service analysts, can you customer service custo- can you customer analyze
4: it's it's hard to analyze if you're just ordering water for a service yeah. i mean there there's only so much you can do although well that's going more into health codes with glasses of water and how a glass of water is presented or it's spotty whether it's still warm because it's just freshly washed so even people not paying
1: for anything they still have a right as customers that and you still are judging the service they're getting.
4: yes yes they they have a right to sit in a clean booth or clean environment you
1: know interesting Wow. Yeah. so uh so do you get paid to be a customer service analyst now?
4: Now I do, yes. Really, yes. who
1: pays you? Is um, it like a blog or?
4: Usually it's it's corporate entities. Oh, so like McDonald's will pay you to yes. go.
0: Oh,
1: interesting. Yes. I, interesting.
4: I know they have such things as the, um, uh, what they call those things, the secret shoppers, if you will. Undercover bosses. Undercover bosses, yes. Mm-hmm. But me, I'm, I'm totally outside. I'm totally, well, Unsolicited, because mm-hmm. I approached them first.
1: Oh, so do you do the analyst analysis first and then, like, bribe them for payment, basically? Oh, yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I, I'm doing them a favor, you yeah. know? Like You you hire these representatives to to get paid to eat. That they're, they're just more focused on the food. They're probably checking everything is good. They're not paying attention to it. But somebody who would make sure to want to take care of the company... They're going to provide it.
1: So you go to a restaurant or a hotel or something. You experience the service. Mm-hmm. You give it, you want to give it a poor review. Yes. But you go to them and blackmail them to fix the issue and pay you. Hmm. And then you, don't, and then you re, don't put out the review? Or uh, is that not how you do it?
4: I wouldn't necessarily say blackmail. It would be more in the form of um, PR.
1: PR. Interesting. If
4: you have a certain reputation you want to uphold mm-hmm. you got to meet these standards mm-hmm. and i'm telling you how to meet these standards
1: do you have any certifications
4: um i do not okay i certify i'm i am a certified person of life
1: so you don't have any health certifications mm. or you don't know any health codes or mm, no i like just that. know cleanliness a white
4: glove test it goes a long way. It's a white
1: glove test. You like put on a white glove and run your finger across the counter. And yes, across on the
4: counter. <laughs> if I was one of those people that could go behind the counter, oh, I would be all over that place. <laughs> Pop machines—they're always full of of dust. You know, if it or not. you,
1: if a lot of those like uh those fountain p- drinks, if you yes. take down the nozzle and look inside. Oh yes, those are you, big. You ones. know what I mean, Mike? Gross You've seen inside those. <laughs> those are big
4: ones. Yeah Yeah.
1: Mike, do you have any questions for for Alice here?
2: Yeah, I was wondering if 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 if, if uh, your analysis ever receives analysis. Oh,
1: is there oh, any no. customer service analysts? Analysts?
4: Oh uh, well, I've had a a, a couple of them. Uh-huh. Uh, I. How did that go? It wasn't that great. Um, I was actually it was a phone analysis. That's why I like in person analysis. You, mm. People are a little it's more impersonal. intimidated. But over the phone, you can be whoever. Yeah, you can say you whatever know, you want. Say whatever, and it turns into a three-hour argument. That's why I don't like podcasts.
1: You never know who's real and who's yeah. not. Yeah,
4: you ne- you never know. Yeah, so
1: uh, it turned into a three-hour argument.
4: It turned into a three-hour argument. Um, it was healthcare, of course, and healthcare. I was um, arguing over a a claim that I had um, that a doctor filed a claim about some blood work that i've never received a day in my life never
1: received blood work
4: i've never received this particular one i think it had something to do with anemia or something it was some some weird numbers and letters and that's what it seemed a bunch of baloney Mm -hmm. and uh, i confronted them on it and the representative on the phone she's you could kind of hear her rolling her eyes
1: How do you hear someone roll their eyes?
4: She kind of had this overly sarcastic tone, and it sounds like you roll your eyes when you
1: put a tone like that. Can you do uh, an impression, can you do a recreation of this? Oh,
4: well, I said, oh, excuse me, I I had a complaint about my bill, and she says, "What's the claim number, and I gave her the claim number, she's, oh. Just, just breathing into the that, phone. Like, that is
1: a that is an eye rolling. Just
4: thought. eye roll, like that is... completely eye rolling. So I'm arguing with her about eye rolling, and she says my eyes have not rolled, ma'am. And I asked to speak to her manager. It's like, "Well, watch your representative. Watch." Your employee, as she's talking to me, and see if she's rolling her eyes. She should get deducted points for rolling her eyes. And
1: uh, and was she in fact rolling her eyes?
4: Her supervisor stuck up for
1: her. Oh, as they would. Yes, they would. And and
4: she rolled her eyes as well. It became this (coughs) whole eye roll fest.
1: Did you roll your eyes at them?
4: I rolled with as much rolling as rolling could with eyes.
1: There you go. Uh. So, uh, where do you kind of see this going? Is this something that you kind of want to do for the rest of your life? or mm,
4: I would like to retire comfortably. Yeah? But uh, I know it, it's it's now become ingrained. It, it's going to be a terrible habit to break in retirement. Yeah, I mean, it's like you're not going to really
1: be able to stop. It's just no. part of who your personality is. I think
4: it'll get worse.
1: Yeah, you think so? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, how old you are get... you now?
4: Well, I'm about mm, about 56.
1: 56? Yeah,
4: I'm, I'm, I'm approaching that age. Yeah, to think I, about that. When you get older, I I know I sometimes I kind of tell people that I'm I'm 50. Oh,
1: yeah. We didn't want to lie here.
4: Huge difference. I, I want to be completely honest with you guys. and mm. Very clear. Well, thank
1: you. I appreciate You're that. Welcome. So you know you never know who's genuine and who's not oh, anymore. No, you, know, you, no. you just gotta I like that. So yeah. uh, do you have any questions for Mike,
4: Alice? Mm. Well, I, I heard your music. I, I just kind of got in on the tail end. How long have you been playing?
2: Oh, um, I don't know. Uh, approaching 20 years. I'd say. 20,
4: 20 years.
1: Wow. wow. Was, yeah. Yeah. Well, how would you rate Mike's music?
4: I think it was very crisp. Yeah. It was crisp. It was to the point and it told a story. It was very melodic. There were no eye rolling going on. There was on. no eye roll.
1: I rolled. I rolled my eyes. Ah. Maybe some listeners. yeah. He's like size of California. Like a. Oh. <laughs> like, <Ugh>. uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, but did he pass the white glove test?
4: Oh, yeah. I think it was <laughs> very, very clean.
1: Yeah, there was no swears.
4: No swears at no all. Swears. You don't like swears. No swears can can get a little flustering i, I occasionally dole out my swears mm-hmm. i have a, a swear uh ration if you will <laughs> uh, I try to ration out my swears whenever i can what I, are some
1: of your favorite swears I,
4: um huh, well you know i, I like gosh look well, i can't say you can say it. Diddly
1: darn. Diddly darn. Diddly darn.
4: That's a bad it, one. It rolls off the tongue it's like a, a red one. carpet. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you gotta hit the counter when you get a little frustrated at these here millennials. Millennials. Uh, yeah, yeah, they're they're very they're very bad with their. Customer service—it's it, it, what's kind of prolonging retirement too. It's a lot of them. A lot of millennials it's, don't want to do the work. Don't want to do the work. Mm-mm. It's a lot of rolling of eyes and. Yeah, it's,
1: I'll, I will apologize oh. for my generation for that. We roll our oh. eyes a lot.
4: Oh, thank you. I, mm-hmm. I'm I'm quite honored. So, uh,
1: what is the worst customer service experience you've ever had?
4: Oh, the worst customer service i ever had was when i went to bennegan's and then i ordered something from chi chi's that i believe they were the same sister company at the time so they they were entitled to give me what i want i wanted chimichangas and she says ma'am that's a bennegan's It's just family friendly. We serve French fries and hamburgers and ribs. And, oh, I was just so. Oh, just flashbacks of fury and anger and brimstone and flip tables. I was just so flustered by the whole ordeal. Did anyone get hurt? I I kind of broke my nail.
1: Oh, so you got hurt.
4: I I hurt myself flipping the table. I.
1: Did you get arrested?
4: I I did get arrested, and and that's what made it worse. Uh oh. Because you the don't call service the police on your customers. Of the police. Oh. The service of the police was very rude, because I was a customer that mm-hmm. didn't get what they wanted. They could have talked to me in a kind tone. But they kept saying, ma'am, 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 calm down. At the time... Not how you talk to a customer. I was 30 years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 30, 50... 27 yeah. years ago. 20, yes. 27 years ago. And at that time, oh, you're not a ma'am, yet. you're a miss.
1: <laughs> when did you become a ma'am?
4: I, I was very... They were very heavy on the ma'ams. Mm. Got very ma'am heavy, if you will. <laughs> and... There was nothing I could do because I was a civilian that mm-hmm. was, was, uh, oh, was so flustering just to just to think about it you're getting red yeah yeah I'm trying to to keep my ration under control t-
1: with uh, <laughs> you can let it out yeah. this is a safe place
4: thank you thank you hey they they arrested me the cuffs were a little snug. They had very cold handcuffs. Mm-hmm. I, I think they might have kept them in the freezer of the Bennigans. Maybe they had some Bennigan police officers on duty, on call. Mm-hmm. And they were cold. It was very cold.
1: Uh, how would you rate your Bennigan's experience? One out of ten.
4: Oh, it was a negative five. Oh, wow. That it wasn't was even on the scale. very poor.
1: Wow. So, that's really unfortunate. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry to hear about I, that.
4: I, I didn't even get to eat.
1: Oh, man. Any last questions for uh, for Alice and Mike? Before we before we call it a night? What about Olga's? You ever been to Olga's? Yeah, you ever been to Olga's, Olga's. Kitchen?
4: I like Olga. She's, she's very kind.
1: Oh, we're talking about the restaurant, not the actual person.
4: Oh, 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 I knew Olga. Do Oga. you do
1: personal
2: reviews as well? Yeah, this that's
1: a good question. Personal, yes. Like you, yes. Have a fr- you go over to a friend's house and they make you dinner? Oh,
4: yeah. But I, it's very rare occasion that a friend will invite me over except for New Year's Eve and Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. you know, the big ones, Christmas.
1: Do they pay you when you give them analysis?
4: Yes, yes. <laughs> Sometimes it's Christmas Eve because they want to prepare for the actual day. They usually do the Eve, except for New Year's Eve, which is so like, it's like a recital New dental. Year's Eve Dinner. Eve. It's, it's, it's sort of like a, what do they call those, like a tech rehearsal okay. of sorts. All right. You know. I go in and I analyze. I give my notes. I they, they stay till sometimes three in the morning, just going over it and the presentation of it all.
1: And that's already Santa's already come and gone by then. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> Santa. We, <laughs> the balls we've seen already dropped and, and
4: everything's mm-hmm. said and done.
1: So you're basically so you could freelance. So like if someone wants to hire oh, someone yeah. to. <laughs> Analyze their, just their, li- like, could I hire you to just follow me yes. around for a day yes. and just analyze how, how I do everything and my general cleanliness yes. and
4: interest. Yes. And, and, and I have an ebook as well. Ooh, what's this called? It's, it's called 12 Steps to Authentic Customer Service.
1: Oh, wow. 12 Steps to Authentic Customer Service. Yes. And uh, what are these 12 steps?
4: Well, you know, we have the first step, please and thank you, goes a All long right. way. Okay. A lot of people skip that part, but it's yes. it's
1: very golden. A lot of the times if even if your service isn't that great, if you just say you're please and thank you's like yes. and you're welcomes. Oh yes,
4: you're welcomes.
1: That's that's all it takes.
4: Yeah. And and it leads to number two. How are you and have a nice day? Mm hmm. Say it like you mean it.
1: <laughs> With a smile.
4: Even though you you, you might not mean it. because mm-hmm. some people do take that to heart. Yeah. Like, people like myself, I'll tell you about my day, especially if if it's been a long day, and I'm there in your aisle at 10 o'clock at night, and you you ask me, hi, how's your day, (coughs) ma'am? And I will go into it. It it might be a little lengthy, but... could change someone's life. Yes, very.
1: Number three?
4: Number three. Hmm. Please, thank you, and have a nice day um bagging groceries (laughs) what about it there's a certain method on how you bag groceries a lot of people do not know this Mm -hmm. but you put your soft things together gentle like eggs and bread they can go together not with cans Mm -hmm. you don't have to wrap every single thing individually if you have like a a card of 10 items, all 10 items do not have to be bagged individually. That's true, they can be paired. Yes, um,
1: like chips and like, and, and and Pringles. Yes, well, chips, chips and Pringles.
4: Pringles. Yes,
1: chips and cookies can go together.
4: Oh, well, you know, some people think chips and Pringles because Pringles comes in the tube and the chips mm-hmm. they come in a bag, and so you get the bag with the bags or. Two goes with tubular things Which ends up in the cans And mm-hmm. they end up becoming Sausages a can go with milk Dented mess You know Keep the dairy together mm-hmm. Soft items And sausage Sausage Yes mm-hmm. Meats You know What's number four? Number four Um If you're talking on the phone Don't eat
1: <laughs> Number five
4: Number five if you are a representative do not tell me that you are also the manager
1: what if they are the manager
4: get another manager six (laughs) six when in doubt say i don't know it's okay to say i don't know is that okay it is okay Hmm. don't lie so, so you can you can trap yourself very quickly in lies.
1: Do they still do they still lose points if they don't know something eh, as a customer service representative?
4: There's a way to say it.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: I say I I I do not know the answer to your question, but I can find out for you. Oh
1: okay. So but not like I don't know and then walk away. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Seven.
4: Seven. When you are closing a store, close the store. <laughs> what do you mean? If you're closing in 10 minutes and there is a customer in the store. No, wait, not 10 minutes. It's usually more like a three-minute rule. If you're if you're three minutes, let it go to the full three minutes. After that, close it. Mm. And then let them out if they're done. Don't, oh, we're going to leave the door open to wait for the other customer to leave. As then that gets to sneak in 9.05 when you're supposed to close at 9 yeah. o'clock. And they stay for an extra 30 minutes. I'm trying to help them out. Why is that good for the customer? Uh, Well, just mean what you say and say what you mean, you know? Right. If you're closing at 9, close at 9. Because then if you let in people at 9.03 or 9.05, they will tell their gonna friends. Think, yeah, they're going to And everybody so- else is going to think, and, oh, then you change your times to 10, 11 o'clock at night. Eight. Eight? Hmm. Number 8. Make sure all of your utensils and your cozies are, are clean. Mm, okay. Everything has to be clean in the space before you seat someone. And dry. And yes, clean that is very important. Clean and dry. Yes. You sit
1: down at the table and it looks clean. And and you it, put your hands down and it's, and it's
4: soaking wet and it's soaked. Gross. Terrible.
1: Disgusting.
4: 9. 9. If there is a fire emergency, escort everybody out in a quiet and conductive manner. Mm, You'd be amazed course. how many people lose control and go into a state of panic forgetting that they are customer service. They're you, not the customer. You gotta be good at customer
1: service even when you're in a, 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 a Right.
4: You, you go down with disaster. the ship. When the ship is going down, you don't push the customers out of the way deep into the ship. Ten. Ten. If you are an usher at an auditorium, look at the tickets. Look at everybody's tickets. Kick out people who are not in the right seats. Eleven. Eleven. Don't be afraid to shush. In general. In general.
1: That's not a uh, bad customer service to shush someone?
4: Um, in movie theaters.
1: Oh, okay. You're still going to to thing. There's a lot of thing.
4: talking and texting okay. and... That's prohibited If it's prohibited in your establishment Prohibit it Prohibit it Prohibit
1: So it's not a good thing to hush Like someone in a grocery store No No. (laughs) 12 12 And the final one
4: And the final one The 12
1: steps of customer service
4: Of the entire customer service system Write things down Like what? If you are receiving Compliments you write them down. Complaints, you write them down. If they're to your face, you write them down. If you're taking an order, you write it down.
1: Great, yeah, because yeah.
4: people can give you the wrong things. They can give you the wrong things. They can confront you on having the wrong things. And that's how I won my lawsuit with Bennigan's, because she <laughs> yeah, did not write it down. She did started you... making things up. Great. And, and I you. won.
1: Well, thank you so much for being on the show, thank Alice. Thank you for having thank me. Thank you, Mike, for being on the show. Oh, thank you're you for thinking. having me. Uh, make you. sure you buy Alice's ebook, uh, 12 Steps to Customer Service. That was what it was called, right? Yes. And uh, make sure you find Mike on Bandcamp and his website and keep a lookout for his new EP. And yeah, thank you guys so much for being on the show. And we will be back next week. And here is Mike Albreath with Time to Split. Bye. Bye. Bye.
3: Yes, a cafe for a piece of paper and a pen. See, let's write down ten places that we've never been. Places that you wanna live in, places that you might wanna visit. You get the feeling that there's so much more, man. You don't wanna miss it. I was thinking about it I think it's time to split I was thinking about it I think it's time to split Edinburgh, New York City, National Prague and Buenos Aires Austin, Lisbon, New Orleans, Seattle and Paris All the types of places that you wanna go when you're 24 You get another piece of paper we could write down twenty more I was thinking about it I think it's time to split I was thinking about it I think it's time I think it's time split. I was thinking about it. I think it's time split. I was thinking about it. I think it's time split. I was thinking about it. I think it's time
1: Dupree Variety Hour is recorded in WAYN Radio Studio. Please remember to subscribe and review the show on iTunes if you're so inclined. And if you would like to find us on social media, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Michael Dupree VH. The theme song for the Michael Dupree Variety Hour is Don't Weigh Me Down by Broadcast 2000. Thank you so much for listening. See you next week.